Welcome back to Epilogues and Unpacking of the Weekly Haftorah. You're listening to Rabbi Yaakov Trump. Today we're going to be looking at the Parsha or the Haftorah of Parshas Vayigash. Our Haftorah is found in the fabulous parak in Yecheskel Lamed Zion. This is a fabulous parak in the sense that it contains two very powerful prophecies um, which form the format of two separate Haftorahs. The first half of the parak is the Haftorah of the the dry bones which come back to life. A very famous prophecy which we read on Pesach. The second half of the prophecy, which is our section, is the Haftorah of Pashas Vayigash. It's from Perik, Damazayim Pasuk Tesvav to Chavches. In this topic, it is a, view, a vision for the future of the nation of Israel, a basic overview, and then some points to ponder. We're told that the prophet Yechezkel is to, to demonstrate this prophecy. So a number of times Yechezkel is told to actually perform a physical act, and then he's told to reflect upon the act. What is the act that he has to do now? Is he is supposed to take um, two pieces of wood, and on each of the pieces of wood he writes a different word. The one he writes Yehuda upon, and the other one he writes Yosef, or um, for the, the wood of Ephraim, of Ephraim and uh, he puts the two together. He has to hold the two together in his hands. And then the 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 the, 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 the Baruch Hu turns to him and says, "Do you know what you're doing? Do you know what the symbolism of this is?" So he says, "No, I don't understand that." So he says, "Well, these the, these woods are going to be are going to be one in your eyes because you know what." I'm going to take Israel out of the nations that I sent them to. To all those nations around. I'm going to return to the lands. They're going to be one nation in the land. Israel in the, the mountains of Israel. There'll be one king over that over them. There are no longer going to be two nations. And there's no longer going to be two parts of the nation of Israel. And they're no longer going to serve idols. Everybody's going to be serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu. David will be the king. And because of this, I'll return my Mishkan, my sanctuary, my Migdash to the nation of Israel. And there will be Kiddush Hashem. There will be a tremendous Kiddush Hashem Shemaim, the sanctification of God's name in the world because of this. That's the Haftarah. A very powerful description over here. Few basic questions to ponder. First is how is this a continuation of the context of the dry bones, the prophecy of the dry bones, which was just immediately preceding this? The Malim says, well, the first thing that needs to happen is the the entity of Klal Israel needs to be brought back to life. So Israel um, being in exile is like um, a body which is dead and decomposes, and it loses its first its skin and then its flesh, and then the bones, the bone structure starts breaking down, and then the bones are ground down, and there's nothing very much left of Klal Yisrael. They're all little pockets of community here, community there, and slowly, as the grass says, the Vilnagon says, and suffered its near, so that Geula, that re- redemption, is being able to reunite the body, talking in communal or not just communal, but national language, which is something we've seen over the last 150 years, start talking about the bigger ideas, not just survival in terms of communal policies and how shuls or communities operate, but how nations operate. What do nations have? Nation, nations have governments, nations have armies, Na- nations have policies, nations have trade policies. These are things that we need to start talking about on a physical level, on a spiritual level, let's start talking na- national talk. And the, the Malim says, once we get to that stage, then the question is, is, how do we maintain that? How do we maintain that we're not going to go into goddess again? We're not going to break down. We're not going to turn into sing, thinking about small fiefdoms and little areas rather than bigger picture. And the answer is, is if we have unity, if we're able to bring the two pieces of Israel to, to, together with each other, then ultimately we will be able to have a longevity, we'll have an eternal connection as well. How is this unity achieved exactly? So the Radakta talks about this and he says, is it I- I- externally or is it intrinsically. 
um, is so is it just the wood being held together, or no? They'll be together. So it seems that it starts off with a external effort where we just try to put people together, to live together, to be together, to see each other, to understand each other, not just to post on social media against each other, but to actually see real people and, and to be able to interact with people of different persuasions. And slowly, because of that, then we'll become intrinsically connected as well. Um, you'll note that actually in the description at the end of that Torah over here, it describes how that Kosh Baruch Hu is going to pray, place both his Mishkani in, in Pasuk Chavav um, and, and Mikdashi in Pasuk Chavav and Chav Zayin. Both the Mikdash, which is in the area of, of Yehuda, and the Mishkan, which is in the area of Ephraim, are going to be put over here as well. Obviously symbolizing the two different um, greatest partitions of Israel. That was the north and the southern kingdom, where most of Israel split off from the Union and became the kingdom of Israel under Yeruvah Menavat, and whereas the smaller part of the kingdom, which remained, remained religiously true to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, um, with the Migdash there, remained the minority of Israel until the exile of the northern kingdom. So really, what, the, the, most of the first base of Migdash was spent in two kingdoms, separation and disunity as opposed to unity and harmony. Um, the question is, what separates the two sides? What is it that makes each of the sides, the sides so different from each other? So on the one hand, it's politics. You know, it's on the one hand, it's, you know, everybody wants their own space, everybody wants to have their own control, their their ego, their, their policies, their flag. Um, and, and that's why part of the res- resolution in the Sahaftara is, David Melech Aleyhem. My, my servant David will be the king of them. There'll be one leader as well. In fact, how far does this go? The Gemara in Sanhedrin, Dav Kuf Beis, tells us that Akash Baruch grabs upon, grabs a hold on to Yerovah Menavat, the Kivyachal. He takes the first king of the cessation from the union, Yerovah Menavat, and he says to him, uh, he says to Yerovah, he says, Chazarbach, go, go back, retrace your steps, don't create another kingdom. Which, which, in which you completely separate yourself religiously from the, the, the southern kingdom. And, yeah, and he says, If you're able to reverse your decisions and you're able to create unity again, then we will all, me, you, and David, David Amalekh, the son of, of Yeshai, will walk in, 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 Sanhedrin, in the Gan Eden together. And you think that if Agosh Baruch Hu is given this prop- proposition to Yeravam, who the Mishnah tells us is one of the kings who does not have a chelik in Olam Abba, he completely got himself e- e- ejected from Olam Abba, you think if Agosh Baruch Hu gives him a second chance, he'll jump on that t- chance, he'll hold it with two hands. And yet, the Gemara tells us that, Omalai mi varosh, he says, who will be leading us? If it's me, you, and David, in the Ganed in God, the Rebani Shalom, David Amalek, and Yeravam ben Nevat. Who's going to lead? And Akash Baruch Hu says, Ben Yisha Barash. He says, Of course, it'll be Ben Yisha, the son of David. Uh, uh, the son of Je- Jesse, the son of Yisha, will be uh, at the front. He says, Iachi Loibaina. He says, If that's the case, I don't want it. Which means to say that a person will jeopardize their entire future because of not being in control, not having the political control or something. That's part of the reason why we don't, we, we, we aren't able to see this. Is that everybody stands on their principles. Everybody has their 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 little their little, little their little fiefdom, and everybody wants it exactly as they want it, and they're not prepared to go to to compromise an iota, and therefore. On the, for the sake of what they call principle, they will jeopardize the unity of the entire nation. They, they won't allow a coalition to be made. They won't allow any, any, anybody else to, to work together, even if it means a, a concession on some of their uh, principles in order for there to be a greater good for the nation.
That, 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 that's what creates discord and disunity. On the other hand, another thing which separates the different pieces apart is um, religion, religion itself. As we see in the Saftarah, Part of the unity is, is there will no longer be this uh, part of Israel acting like pagans, acting like the nations around them, like Gentiles, um, assimilated to their systems of life as well. Um, it turns out that there seem to be two groups. On the one hand, you have those who really are completely assimilated and really want to be like the rest of the nations. And you have those who are, who are very religiously adherent, but are intolerant of those on the, on the other side. And it becomes very hard for those two sides to meet because the religiously adherent um, many times forget that part of religious adherence is um, is also embracing those who are around. It's also being able to, uh, to to have the wherewithal to be able to love other Jews, even if they don't necessarily act in the same way. And from the other side, it's being able to make strides towards towards religious observance, even though it makes one feel uncomfortable that the other the other side is uh, perhaps is adherent to the tradition of old. And um, it, 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 we get stuck in these places where no one is willing to make any concessions. Not concessions on religion, but concessions on how the policy should be affected by religion. And that becomes very, very complicated. And that's one of the, the great hurdles towards unity, which is being described in the Saftara as well. Which leads us to the question is, did this, did this ever happen yet? Did this Haftarah happen? And says Abar Benel, says the Dad Mikra on Yechezkel, no, this never happened. Because although Yechezkel said this at the beginning of the destruction of the first temple, uh, during the second temple reign, this never really occurred. There was not unity. In fact, most of the Jews remained in Babylon at the beginning. There was not, there, there was not a consensus. There was, there was certainly not unity in Israel for the duration of the second temple. And therefore, this is a prophecy which remains to the future. The Malbim has a principle that there are windows of opportunity where it could have been such, meaning to say, Yechezkel's prophecy could have found fruition in the beginning of the second base of Megdash, but it did not because the opportunity was lost. And so it remains a prophecy for the future for something that, that, that perhaps we might be able to still be able to achieve ourselves as well. And what's at stake at all of this? What's, what's this all about? The last, the last posik in our Torah says it all. When the nations see that the Jews will come together and form their own nation, and they'll work together, and they'll be the Mishkan of Hashem in and amongst them, then you, the nations will know, and Hashem knows that I am Israel, I am a God who sanctifies Israel, when my Migdash, my sanctuary, my holy place is among them as well. So the greatest Kiddush Hashem in the world is created when Israel's united and Hashem's presence is, uh, presence is felt in the in the United Nation, I, I can say one thing, and that is, is that when the nations of the world sees she see Jews bickering all the time, all the time, fighting, can't put together a coalition, can't put together a single unity government, can't hold anything true because every stands on their principles is not willing to give anything at all. That does not create Kiddush Hashem. That's not what the Torah is talking about at all. The Torah is talking about when people are willing to make concessions of how to live together. It doesn't mean to say that, that they're compromising on religion, but compromising on policies of how to live together. That's when unity happens. When there's unity, then there's respect. When there's respect, there's Kiddush Hashem. And that's what the Torah is talking about. We should see it. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.